been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. <laughs> Just joking. I'm here to talk about United Harvest. Now some of you might be thinking, oh great, this is worse. It's an ad in a podcast. But it's not, okay? I promise. I'm going to talk to you about UnitedHarvest.com. Go to their website. Look through their catalog. Pork. Beef. Lamb. Lamb chops. I don't know why I said lamb chops, but it stuck out and I like it. Go to UnitedHarvest.com. Type in the promo code FRIENDS15 to get 15% off your first order. UnitedHarvest.com today. This is the show with Cannon Brown. The environment's not healthy. We're not healthy. Um, And being in agriculture, you have to have a healthy environment. And that's what I try to tell people. If if the ground isn't productive and, and healthy and our animals aren't healthy, then... I don't have a job, you know, my livelihood, I'm done. Yeah. I need to find something else to do. And so we, we do everything we can to work with the environment. And, yeah. That last few minutes might have been a little confusing. You'd like to know who I was talking to, wouldn't you? Welcome back to another episode of the show. I'm your host, Cannon Brown, and uh, I've got a great guest. And I say that every week. I really, I truly say that every week. Um, but I mean it every week, too, so you can't call me a liar. Clint Victorine is the guest I have on this week, owner of Eel River Ranch. He provides organic grass-fed beef to 200 independent retailer retailers in the Southwest, as well as all the Whole Foods in the Southwest and Hawaii. Kind of a big deal, honestly. I was able to do this episode live. United Harvest did some ranch tours. They're shooting some really cool video. Um, to try to produce high-quality content for the ranchers that are contracted on unitedharvest.com. Check out unitedharvest.com. By the way, slight plug, you've heard the ads. So we went up there to do some ranch tours, and I was able to sit down with Clint, get his story, how he became um, kind of like a mini packer, honestly, for organic grass-fed beef. He's, he's uh, challenging the status quo in the cattle industry, and he started challenging it 15 years ago when organic grass-fed wasn't really heavily kind of brought into light. I mean, you weren't seeing ranchers every day kind of switching over. It doesn't work for every climate. The climate that he's in, it works. Humboldt County, California, coastal, cows right on the beach. It's incredible. It's beautiful. I talk too much. Clint Victorine is awesome. You're going to hear it, okay? That's enough of me talking. Let's do it, Mr. Clint Victorine. You're safer here than any place else. Now just lock yourself in and keep quiet. All right, Clint, we are live. Um, we're sitting in your office here in Humboldt County, right on your, how many acres is this, 400 acres? Yeah, just right at around 400, a little bit over. 400 acres in Humboldt County. It's right on the coast in Northern California. You can't ask for a more pretty place rain fog every morning i mean it's wet it's moist but gosh dang the sun's out today and i don't think i've ever seen something more beautiful than this yeah most people would come here and not realize that we are in a drought we're about 15 inches below normal rainfall here but yeah when we woke up the last couple mornings has been drizzly foggy um so it's kind of nice to keep a little moisture in the ground because we're not not much rainfall in the forecast so now you've got a pretty special place here because you're right on the right on the eel river 
And it's your place is kind of cool because you got a little cliff that kind of looks out and, and gives you a nice view of that. I mean, that's got to that's gotta be cool just to walk out in the mornings and you, you got a nice morning like this where it's just clear and you can just see everything. I mean, do you just go stand out there and get lost sometimes? Yeah, you watch out and watch the cattle out grazing and just you could sit there and just drink coffee all day long. But um, yeah, go out and get a view. You can see all the way to the ocean um, when it's clear today. Yeah. Uh, last couple of days we couldn't, but yeah, when clear view, you can actually see, see all the way out to the ocean, all the way out to where the mouth of the Eel River goes into the ocean. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite a view. When most people think about California coastline, they they're not thinking about cattle, they're not thinking about agriculture, they're not thinking about dairies. I mean, we went out to the coast yesterday, and there was more dairies right by the coast than I had ever seen before. Yeah, grazing on that that, that fertile ground, um, that the very fertile. So you get a lot of production out of it. Um, not a lot of farming, so you don't have the erosion. A little bit of farming, but mostly just grazing. And especially as you get closer out to the ocean, it's all just grazing, uh, whether it's beef cattle um, or dairy cattle. We have the largest concentration of organic dairies in the country right here in Humboldt County, and we have a large percentage of organic grass-fed beef also. And most of the ground, all that bottom ground that we went through is pretty much all certified organic, so there's no chemical fertilizers or pesticides being used on any of it and getting into the water system. Yeah, you were telling me that yesterday, and I think that's pretty pretty wild because in organic, some people might have the misconception that, yeah, it's organic, but maybe they get a little something that's not organic here and there, or cross-pollination or something yeah. like that. But you told me yesterday that most of the ground, the grazing ground in Humboldt County is certified organic. Yeah, because of the, the number of dairies that we have that need feed, even if a producer isn't raising their livestock is organic a lot of them actually have their ground still certified organic so if they have supplemental or extra feed they can sell it um, because the market for the feed is in the organic market and so yeah everything is there's so you know, very low risk of any cross-pollination goes on whether it's in the quinoa they grow here or the silage corn um, or just our clover and ryegrass are pasture grass um, so there's such a high percentage between the forest ground and the organic ground there's very little chance of any cross-pollination going on so nowadays if you if you raise livestock in Humboldt County you're you're almost pushed into taking an organic grass-fed route basically for yeah for the for the dairies for sure uh, um, with the volatility of the dairy market I mean it's it's the only thing that's kept these dairies alive here was being organic. Um, and then is, is we get in the beef, it's, it's a, it's a mix of, of organic and non-organic. Um, there's several, so if you want to finish cattle and get them big, yeah, it's definitely organic's the only way to go. Um, that's where the premium is and the market you get, you don't have the market fluctuation like you do in the commodity. So there's, it's, it's, I think it's a safer bet. Um, and we try to keep that market fluctuation out of it so that producers know what they're going to get so they can plan and not have to worry about the market collapsing six months, eight months down the road. That's hard for any producer, right? I mean, yeah. that commodity market, that, that can affect some real change in every single market, it, whether it's the commodities in years or, or going up or down. Some other commodities could be affecting it six months down the road. It's mm -hmm. kind of a tricky game to play. Yeah, and... So calves that we buy from people, you know, that, that follows a little bit of the commodity. I mean, because you got to get a premium. There's a, there's a lot of risk in buying organic calves just because you got to own them for so long. But the, the bigger cattle, the finished cattle, uh, we keep, you know, we pretty much have the price set a year out. 
and where it's going to be. So they they know. So we're contracting now. It's it's May now, and we'll be doing contracts for people all the way for the next year until next May. Um, so we'll be locked in. They'll know what they're going to get, and so they're not having to play that that roller coaster that goes yeah. on in commodities. That's got to be just great for the producers that you work with, just to give them some peace of mind, and and I mean you get some peace of mind yeah. as well. I mean that that yeah. takes a lot of. I mean, there's still going to be risk. Mm-hmm. We're raising livestock. You're raising livestock. Yeah. But that takes a lot of the risk out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least you have something on paper. Yeah, they, they, they can plan. And then, of course, Mother Nature is always going to do be Mother Nature, whether you end up having to buy some extra feed or you don't, or it rains a lot or it doesn't rain at all. So you, you can't, none of us can control that. We just have to adapt to that. But, but, yeah, I know it gives me peace of mind on the marketing side that I know that I got these producers are going to raise these cattle for me. And then as me being a producer myself, also it, it does, it gives me, I don't have to worry about, I'm going to hold these calves and what am I going to get from them a year down the road? You know, I know that if I hold on to them, it's going to be worthwhile. Yeah. Now, um, I guess we should explain who the heck you are. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're at a uh, eel river, uh, ranch. I'm talking with Clint Victorine. Um, and you're, you're, uh, owner of Eel River Ranch. You have some cows here on the ranch, but you also contract other producers to raise grass fed beef around you, correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, I, the founder and president of the company, uh, one of our brands is Eel River Organic Beef. That's our main brand, um, in several hundred grocery stores, uh, in retailers, and along with our Pacific Pastures, uh, we do a couple different brands, but Eel River's the main one. And yeah, I've got cattle here that I raise. I raise around 1,000 plus stalker cattle, finish them for the program. And then we've got 300, we got several hundred mother cows also that we graze in the mountain ranches. And then along with that, we have about 15 other producers that finish cattle that we buy. For the program for Eel River also, and how many do you think are in the program? How many a year do you do? You do guys... about eight thousand plus cattle a year. Yeah, that we procure and harvest. That's plenty. Yeah. Well, you got two hundred retail stores to go Still to great. too. Yeah. And you're you're doing Whole Foods and yeah. So I actually wanted to dip into Whole Foods before I go into a bunch of other things, because I just when you told me that that you're the Southern California um, supplier of meat, uh, and also to Hawaii for Whole Foods. How'd you get that gig? Uh, we were, I think I've been doing it for 12 or 13 years. Um, they came to us, a, a friend of mine told them that they knew somebody that might be able to. They were bringing some beef from Nebraska at the time, and they, and they knew that if they could get somebody from California to do it, it would increase their demand. And so we, we went in, we started with a few head, and as soon as they figured out it was from California, and there because there was very little organic grass-fed beef at that time, there was one other company on the West Coast doing it, but uh, grass-fed organic beef on the West Coast was fairly new to consumers. They'd heard about it, but it was a, it was kind of a new thing, and it just exploded. Um, so we've been doing the Southern Pacific Regional Whole Foods for 12, 13 years, which includes all of Southern California, the Hawaiian Islands, Arizona, and the Las Vegas area of Nevada. Uh, one of their bigger regions. There's one other bigger region on the East Coast, but it's their second biggest region. And, um, 
the the meet the Eel River's just done phenomenal there. They've been awesome partners to work with. Um, they've allowed us to expand. Uh, this last winter, we supplied because of export and pandemic reasons. We supplied three other regions with all their holiday exports in filet mignon for the other regions because of shipping problems to do with the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, so we did that. So everybody had holiday grass-fed organic beef for that. And then for about a year, going on almost a year, we've been supplying the ground beef in two other regions, uh, Midwest and Rocky Mountain with Eel River also. And then starting in a week, should be in the stores in two weeks, uh, primals, ribeyes, New York's, fillets, top sirloins will start being in the Midwest region also. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. sweet. So along with their other ranches that they carry? Yeah, so we're their, we're their grass-fed organic yeah. brand, and then they have Gap 4, uh, which is one of the highest animal welfare ratings you'll see on beef in the grocery stores. And then we have their, they have their grain-fed uh, Gap certified also yeah. uh, beef in there. So there's, there's a grain-fed option, and then we're the grass-fed option. I didn't know that you uh, sold the Whole Foods in Arizona. I'm going to have to go get me some Eel River when <laughs> yeah. I get back down there. Uh, I've been loyal to my bashes that I worked at, but I'm going to have to stop at Whole Foods and get some. That sounds really good. I'm glad that you told me that, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah you, and you guys sell boxed beef, too, don't you? Yes. So we have it in the meat case. So we have the primal boxed beef, just kind of how you're like the commodity. They bring it in the butchers, cut it, put it in the case. You tell them what steak you want, and they get it for you. And then we do a lot of retail ready, got grab and go. That's all prepackaged, also. I just find that so crazy that like you started off, and we'll get to your history, but you started off showing 4-H and FFA animals, didn't inherit any land, didn't inherit any cows, but you're acting like a packer, basically. I mean, you're acting like a, a huge producer doing box beef. I mean, I would have never thought that that was even possible. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I just always thought that I, I loved raising animals. And when I was given the opportunity from my parents to be able to have a lamb and then and move up and then eventually go from a lamb, a pig, and then be able to have a cow. Um, and, and it really was just one cow that I started with. My family didn't. My dad was in a lumber mill. My mom was at a hardware store. We had a backyard. And then when we moved to Hydesville, where I, where I live now, um, and my parents live about a mile from where we're at, you know, they had 10 acres or whatever, and that's what enabled me to get that cow and, and have a place and to turn it in from that one cow grew into what we have now. Yeah, I, you know, and then to be a packer on, on top of it and providing grass-fed beef all across the United States is, um, it's just, it's, you would, you never thought of it then, or even when I was in high school and my, my FFA projects, everything was always focused on live animals, but um, it's fun. I love it. I, I, I love being able to be outside, walk outside, and be at the fresh air and the animals and watch my kids uh, do stuff, but I also love the challenge and the marketing. Um, it, is, it is fun. Yeah. It's actually more stressful. There's days when I might spend a week in this office, and it's like, I need to go dig a post hole. it's like yeah like the physical work is nothing compared to some of the mental work that you have to do but no it's it's fun to be able to have those options yeah yeah. no i i can tell by your personality and the little interviews that we've done before this you like a challenge i mean you said it yourself you like to do things that people say you can't do that you just you like to go out there and and kind of prove them wrong whether it's the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do you're going to do it yeah 
No, no, we do, and it's and it's, and it's a risk. And, and I was taught too that when the opportunity's there, find a way to make it happen because you might not get the opportunity again. And, and so I always try to seize the moment and take advantage of the opportunity when it when it should arise. And that's why we've been able to do what we do. And and even on my livestock side, it's been a challenge. And on our marketing side of of E and H Foods, we we have a we have a small team there too. Um, we're very driven people. Um, got another partner in Southern California that does some sales stuff. And then we've got a small team. We got a couple bookkeepers. We got a director of marketing and a couple uh, sales managers. And we're doing a lot of sales and, and we're all very driven and motivated and we're all having fun. Um, and people tell me that's crazy too. They're like, Clint, you can't have a team that small and do what you guys do. I'm like, well, we do it. Um, you know, they want you to, they want you to have all these different people and you got to have all this different stuff. And, and so we always kind of go a little bit against the grain, but, but we're successful. Um, we pay our producers well, our retail prices are phenomenal in stores and we move a lot of beef. And so we're not giving it to all kinds of people. And as we grow, we've hired some more people, but it's a small team also. And they, it's just a phenomenal group. That's what we can do. Yeah. You keep it close knit. Yeah. Yeah. You can, oh, oh. Seems like uh, with one of these operations, it's nice to keep it close to net, especially when you're working with so many producers. You need to know where everybody's at at yeah. one time. You know, I mean, you can't have everybody just going off and doing their own thing when you got 15 other producers that are sending you cattle. Yeah, no, exactly. And when you got people you can count on and deal with, you don't have to babysit them and worry about what they're doing all the time. So yeah. everybody just kind of does what they need to do. Um, yeah, and the beef's always phenomenal from the producers, and so they, they do a great job. It's important to have producers that you can trust too. Yes. I mean, that, that has to be like, that's got to, was that something that you were scared of when you were starting to try to contract these out? Yeah. Er, er, early on, you know, I, I did a lot of it and then I started bringing on producers and then, and then it got, there, there was a time where you had some people that were, you know, it was new and they're like, oh, this is a great idea. So there was, there was some, some things early on where you kind of like, you know, different deals. And that's why I started owning a lot more cattle, you know? So I, I used to own almost a hundred percent and then I went down to like 50 and now I own about a third of the cattle that we do myself, but it's still enough cushion to where something happened, you know, where you couldn't send your cattle this week. I've always got cattle I can go grab and fill in. So I, I made it so that I never was a hundred percent dependent upon somebody. And so I got that protection when I was a hundred percent dependent upon somebody then it gave them the ability to try to take advantage of me to, to do their own thing or do whatever. Um, and so I don't let that happen anymore. But yeah, the, the producers we have are phenomenal. Uh, they've, and a lot of it as time's gone on, they're like, Clint, you just do the marking. We're just going to raise animals for you. We don't want to be going out and doing that. And so we're, we're happy that they're part of our, our program and our team and that they, they love producing beef for us. Yeah. United Harvest. Seriously, guys. If you just haven't gone to the website, just do it, okay? You've been hearing these ads or skipping these ads for how long and you haven't even been to the website? Just go to the website. What can it? What does it hurt? Order one steak. Just one. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to hold you to it. Order one thing on the website. Friends 15, 15% off. Just do it. See what it is. See why, I'm, why I keep talking to you about it, okay? Please trust me, unitedharvest.com. Now, I wanted to talk about your kind of induction into organic beef because you, you started it 15 years ago, and 15 years ago, nobody was doing organic beef. That, that was 
basically unheard of. Ranchers were just trying to sell their cattle to a packer or to a stalker and send them to a feedlot to get finished out. They didn't care about them after that. I mean, what? I know the story, but tell it to the tell it to yeah. the audience here. So, yeah, like I said, 15 years ago, there was a couple organic dairies, and the dairy deal was kind of you could maybe see or hear about a little bit of organic milk or whatever, but people were like. You can't do organic grass. Nobody can do organic beef. You got to use hormones. You got to use warmers. You got to use antibiotics. You got to use all that stuff. And there was, by using different techniques and kind of going back to the way it was in the 60s, before feedlots, before feedlots, everything was grass-fed beef. They didn't have the warmer. They didn't have all that stuff. And yeah, they were the beef was older when they would harvest it. But, you know, pre-feedlots, everything was grass-fed yeah. beef. And yeah, so right. basically all we've done in the last is go back a cent well, on not quite a century, but go, you know, almost a century back. And we're just kind of doing things back the way animals grazed and, and ran and, and all that. And it's, so it was, you figure out and you use pasture management and rotation, high density grazing, where you're rotating your animals, you're moving them to fresh pasture. You're not putting them under stress. And as you start eliminating stress, you can eliminate the use of antibiotics and wormers because the animal's natural immune system is phenomenal. It's so strong. It's when you start putting chemicals in it, just like people, you start breaking down their immunity. So you, the last thing you want to do is give an animal an antibiotics or wormers or anything like that that's not sick or doesn't need it yet. Um, obviously, when one gets sick, and, and they do, it's less than 1%, very small percentage. But, you know, that was the other thing. People thought, organic, you're just letting these animals get sick and die. Well, no, you have to doctor them. But they come out. They never go into that yeah, food they, supply. They go into the commodity. pulled out of the organic. And go to yeah. the commodity food supply, yeah. um, which is fine. The antibiotics are safe once they're, they're out. But, yeah, but you know, we're not, those animals aren't allowed to be in. So they're removed from the program. But so yeah, it's been a it's been a road not only getting producers to come on board 15 years ago, which they all thought I was crazy, <laughs> and, and then after about a year and a half, I got my first one. Bill Brandstetter came on board, a multi generational ranching family that homesteaded here in the 1800s or when whenever oh, they wow. came a long time ago, um, and he came on board and like people were like, man, you know, if Bill can do it, I think I can do it, and, and so we that started getting me some new producers on. And then the other challenge we had the beef was getting in the retails. So we weren't in Whole Foods originally to begin with. There was one other company that was doing some, but we were, so we got into distribution with Tony's Fine Foods, who we're with now still to this day and have a very long working partnership relationship with them. Uh, but it was retailers, you'd go and they'd say, yeah, we have customers ask for it. But yeah, they, yeah, they had customers asking for it, but they're like, oh my God, that's too expensive. I can't sell that, even though they had customers in the... So you had these old school cattle producers that, oh, you can't do that. Then we had the old school butchers that we had to yeah, convince yeah. that was like, oh no, everything. You got to have grain fed. If it's not grain fed and choice are better, yeah. no, you can't buy it. Even though they would say to me, we have customers. Yeah. asking for it yeah but oh man that was the next struggle my partner bill that i started you river that brought me under his wing he was an ex-broker and i'd go stay at his place in pleasanton um, barely have gas money to get down there and back and and we give away more beef the first year than we sold um begging <laughs> these people like here and they'd like it and they and they'd go and then we finally got our first our first customer uh, pacific markets in in sonoma county and they came on board 
and that was that's where it all began and we're still with us they still carry our beef today they got yeah. a big ad on our new hot dog this next week coming out for memorial day and um yeah we're still in there we're still with tony's and it, we broke that mold yeah. in the independent re- retail world um at that time whole foods norcal was the only region that had some a different brand that they still carry of grass-fed beef but nobody was in retail yet um independent in wow. with distribution and so that was our second deal to break once we got the producer well, to, to get that, in there yeah that had to feel pretty good though oh yeah once you get into that first real tip you yeah. don't know what the future holds yet but still i mean that's another place where you can just keep sending it yeah to you don't have to give it away for free no we <laughs> yeah we didn't and it was yeah it was challenging you go as i go back and look through numbers and this and that and oh, people course. were telling me i was crazy and i one day i, I just thought i was so not like I, was, I told my partner it's like you know what we got beat up by all these meat markets and all these stores we were too expensive this and that and and i i go we we weren't making any money and i look back bill and i go at like three years several years later i was going through some old numbers and i said bill you wouldn't believe this i said that price that all those people told us we were crazy at is where we're at today and we actually are making a little bit of money at that <laughs> price but they were all telling us we were crazy yeah. and stuff but it, yeah. it it took a while but it, it was all worthwhile wouldn't wouldn't have it any other way but it was it was a fun it was a challenging journey to to break that mold and and get that out there but man. you're you just you i love how you faced opposition even from the old-time butchers and that makes so much sense to me because i worked in butcher shops and i know those old-time butchers that are like oh if it's not grain fed and if it's if it's not bright red and, and grain fed right when you cut it, you don't even want it, blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's been cool to watch everybody kind of change their yeah. tune. Like we were talking about yesterday, I mean, there's, I grew up with hearing ranchers and farmers talk badly about organic mm-hmm. because they said, oh, we can't do it here. They're taking up too much land. You need so much more space. And, but it's interesting to hear a success story from organic beef. And it's becoming a larger success story for everybody that's getting involved with it. It's, it's been a cool progression to watch. Yeah, it's still a small percentage, and it's never going to replace grain-fed beef. It just won't. I mean, in order to feed all the people that need fed in this there's country. There's not enough space, but, right? Uh, yeah, there's not enough space yeah. in the land. Not enough I mean, land like this. Yeah, there's not enough <laughs> you know, year-round land and stuff that you can finish on in the United States. There's a lot of land in the United of States, course. but you know, you got desert, and you got yeah. freezing winters and this and that. But, but we... Numbers are increasing. There's more of it available. Yeah. And and I think we're satisfying. I look at it as a partnership with the beef industry because I'm not stealing grain-fed customers from them. Um, I'm helping satisfy a customer's demand that wants something different. So as far as I'm concerned, all we've done is increase the demand for beef mm-hmm. in the U.S. By, by allowing to give something different that a customer wants to eat. Um, and, and they feel good about it. So I, and I think some of the, the industry is, they've come around and they see that and they understand it and they, and they, they'll agree for most of them, at least the people that, that really watch the marketing and aspects, see how we, we are using grass fed and grass fed organic to, to increase demand for beef yeah. and, and to showcase our story and be able to be the ones out there telling the story and commodities kind of copied that a little bit. You know, they've gotten out there now, they see us all telling the story about where this meat's coming from and the family and the farmer behind it. And all that, and they've kind of copycatted that a little bit, which is which is fine because every every bit of food that's out there has a family, has a story behind it. It's just a matter of teaching that. And with the pandemic, hopefully, it's drawn awareness that there are families, there are working families that raise all this food 
that people took for granted on grocery store shelves until the pandemic hit and the grocery store shelves were empty. Yeah. It wasn't just these factories out there just mass producing this stuff. Exactly. Um, and it was actually the small family farmers are the ones that were Pick putting the, the most food out there during the pandemic and making sure we were filling in massive amounts of meat because the commodity sector broke down. I mean, yeah. they just couldn't function and, and run their big plants anymore. And it was the small farmers that stepped up and, and fed America, yeah. you know, during the pandemic in the middle of it when it hit hard yeah. and store shelves were running out. So, yeah, it's the cool thing about your place is and, and all your operations and a lot of organic nowadays is it's not just a label. It's a, it's a whole lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it, people go into the store and they just think, oh, it's a label. Oh, uh, no antibiotics, pesticide free, mm -hmm. organic, blah, blah, non GMO. But this isn't just a label. I mean, these cows are getting grass from the time they're in their mother's womb to the time they're killed basically for two or three generations before them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you've been here for about three days now. Have you seen a feedlot yet? Uh, no, I haven't. <laughs> I, know, so. I have not. That's how people always ask, how can you assure me you're not? That, do you see one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you see any big see grain, grain distillery? Yeah. yeah, different deal. No, there, there are not. It's too wet. Yeah. I, I mean, you just have mud. You, you can't have a feedlot here. Yeah. Um, you know, we got deals where we feed some cattle hay and stuff in the wintertime and collect, you know, and get to collect the manure for the fields to... to put nutrients back yeah. into the pastures for regenerate ag and all that. But yeah, there's, it's too wet around here in Northern California and stuff to be having feedlots and, and, you know, especially year round yeah. type deals. So yeah, the cattle are out, the dairy cows are, everything's out on pasture. Yeah. Um, How big of a push does your County have towards regenerative agriculture? I mean, do you get pushed by the community to be regenerative and reduce your carbon footprint or no i think i think it's all natural yeah. for the people i mean we have like like we're set up in the in the ground is is scarce around here there's only so much ground that we have so everybody uses it to its maximum ability with the rotational grazing getting it out and keeping it as productive as possible so that it keeps producing for you um in, in being organic a lot of the manure and the composting that goes on uh, to build the soils. Uh, we have s several cogeneration plants here that are that wood burning. So we get the, the ash that, that goes off and you can use that and they use that in the field for especially the ones they farm, they use that a lot. Uh, we have green energy and part of the thing that we do too that really cuts our carbon footprint um, besides riding my horse once in a while, <laughs> it wasn't quite rocky. I yeah. mean, you know, talking about going back. Yeah, I mean, we still do ride horses. Yeah. I, I mean, what that's, what the carbon footprint there's little so i mean we yeah. do you know back in the the old school we still do a lot of stuff horseback oh yeah um but the other thing that goes on is is our distribution you know a lot of small farmers when you drive around to farmers markets you're in a pickup burning diesel you got your ice chest and you might drive 100 miles to a farmer's market a couple times a week or go hand out meat so we've we did the distribution route we're using full trucks that were in the area already or going back. Uh, Tony's our distributor has the largest, has one of the greenest fleets in the distribution world. Their warehouses are all solar panels. Um, and they did it years ago um, before UNFI bought them. Um, massive solar project that run their warehouse in West Sacramento. 
and, and their trucks were all updated to clean and green before the state required it to be. Oh, wow. And so I don't run around with a package of burger to go hand somebody in the pickup. We use distribution. So we've always tried to keep our footprint very small. Yeah. Very small. Yeah. I feel like that's just becoming more and more pushed in our culture and, and just kind of a encouraged probably right yeah. i mean it's, it's definitely encouraged yeah. to try to just uh reduce your carbon footprint especially i mean i made the joke earlier today that <laughs> cow farts yeah right i mean do you have a, do you have a lot anybody in the community that's giving you a gripe over that oh you not you know there's once in a while someone will do an article i think like the last one was we i gave several thousand pounds of hamburger to the local food bank to feed people and, and we caught slack because it was beef oh, and it geez. wasn't so much because it was grass-fed and yeah and the cow farm and this and that but it's we're feeding a bunch of hungry people during the they were out of food yeah. and we gave high quality nutritional ground beef to who knows how many families and stuff that that we fed or or the fire victims during the massive wildfires yeah. last year and yeah, there's always that one out there, but I, I've learned to ignore it. Yeah, um, you have to. Right? You know, it's one out of how many thousands of people re read the deal and, yeah. and thought great. But yeah, I mean, they're always going to be out there, and you know, we just continue to do everything we can to to prove them wrong. Yeah. Um. In the environment's not healthy, we're not healthy. Yeah. Um. And being in agriculture, you have to have a healthy environment, and that's what I try to tell people: if if the ground isn't productive and, and healthy, and our animals aren't healthy, then I don't have a job, you know, my livelihood, I'm done. Yeah. I need to find something else to do. And so we, we do everything we can to work with the environment and yeah. whatever. No, I've, I've come to realize that from just knowing you for two or three days, two and a half days, that I think that you guys put a lot of emphasis, not only on the cows and their health and, and feeding them clean water and clean feed, but also helping the envir environment around your ranch. I mean, you set up the, um, the, for the riparian, riparian area, area, the, area down the there. For the coho salmon and stuff. Yeah, yeah, for the coho salmon. I mean, who's who's going to do that? On I, I mean, what normal person is going to actually kind of go out there and be like, okay, this doesn't really affect me, but we got to help this area. Because yeah. this, I mean, it's all my land. we got to make sure that this area is good for years to come. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, none of that's, that land isn't that's out of production or in the riparian area. It's not, it's. You know, I don't use it. They graze. We graze a little bit because you don't want to get an all brush, but yeah. but grazed very very limited when once the creek dries up type of deals. But I don't get paid for that. Yeah. You know, it's all on my own because that's you just got to care. We all want clean clean water. We want fish in our streams, yeah. in, in that. So yeah. it's you know most farmers and ranchers just do it because they do care. Yeah. No, agreed. Well, uh, so you're you're selling meat with United Harvest now. Now, how how did you kind of get locked in or how did you guys become connected uh my partner thad who lives in san diego uh was at one of his functions where he meets people and it came up and he's like clint these guys are uh matt with united harvest they're they've got this platform and they're they're bringing ranchers and they're trying to they're based on you know want to, they want to tell the rancher's story in tired of seeing these ranchers beat up by the commodity and beat up by wall street and try to do something that's good for the rancher good for the consumer and i'm like yeah i'll talk to them yeah. you know we're always open we're willing to talk to anybody and so uh, we start that they picked up i think matt actually drove because getting distribution to where he needed it was a pain i think he actually drove to the 
plant in Fresno where it's all packaged oh. and picked it up himself <laughs> and, and drove and, and drove it up to the to where you where they ship their orders from. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, it's been fun. We've got one order in. They've they've gotten one order there. Hopefully it takes off and we're looking talking things where we've been with you guys the last couple of days about yeah. different things that we can partner with Chef Andre and do some different projects and uh, that we're working on and and get this story out there and, yeah. and help all these ranchers that are, you know, or have struggled over the years or different deals and so they can continue and their families can continue on the yeah. on the ranches and the, that they love. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's cool is, I mean, you already have your own deal. I mean, you guys sell online already too, but you're willing to partner up with a company that's trying to tell that story, trying right. to tell the rancher's story. Yeah. I mean, it shows a lot of character and mm-hmm. and not just that you're in this just for you, yeah. but you're in it for the whole team. Okay. I mean, every rancher, you're on the same team. You're just trying to produce yeah. livestock and keep on going with life. You know? Yeah, you know, it's hard to when we're out working in the fields or to always go tell our story and, and where United Harvest is wanting to push our story out there and other producers. It's, yeah, we're, we're proud to to partner with them. Um, I'm happy to let them sell the meat on the website. Yeah. We, we were doing it because we wanted those people that couldn't get it in a store to be able to get it. But, you know, if it gets to them through United Harvest, then then that's fine with us. We yeah. just we just want to raise animals and, and sell meat and, and get our story and product out to consumers. Yeah. Tell me about these hot dogs. The hot dogs. So, <laughs> you got some so new all-beef hot dogs. It's quite a story. I made all, I made all-beef organ, or organic hot dogs when I first started. 15 okay. years ago with a friend who was doing them over in Shasta. And then, and then we were always small and we were always, we always had product. And then you always get pushed out of a plant because as you're growing, you never have enough. Something bigger comes along for them. And the hot dog deals done. I don't remember the last time I sold a hot dog um, and had them to sell. And for about five years, I've been saying, we're going to, I'm going to launch a hot dog for Memorial day. Well, then Memorial day. Well, I guess I didn't get uh, that hot. Year. I guess I didn't get that hot dog done for Memorial Day. <laughs> That's why. So this was the year that I got the hot dog done for Memorial done, Day. Yeah. So Eel River is real. I guess you'd call it a relaunch since we've sold them years and years ago. But uh, our plant in Fresno that we do all our ground beef and stuff. They've got cookers in now, so they made a hot dog. Develop helped us develop a hot dog. There's the first 600 cases are sitting in Tony's. They were picked up on Friday afternoon. They should be going to store starting today and tomorrow. Um, we've got about a thousand cases pre-sold yeah. for ads and grocery stores across the Western United States for Eel River hot dogs. Um, I think they're good. Yeah. They're domestic. There are Eel River cattle highest quality cattle organic grass-fed beef cattle you can buy uh there's nothing funny about them it's no import meat yeah. and i hope everybody thinks they're as good as we think they are and has a blast eating them on memorial day yeah well uh are you gonna are those gonna be distributed to all your retail stores and whole foods whole foods hasn't brought them in yet okay. but we're hoping they do when yeah. they see how many we sold to all sure. our other accounts but sure. we've got most of our, all of our retail accounts that carry our products have brought them in along pretty much all of them and some new accounts okay. that we didn't have Eel River in already because there's no hot dog like, we're the only hot dog like this on the market. Yeah. I mean, there's this, this gap, 130 month old cattle, um, not imported, 
yeah. and all that. I mean, it's 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 the real yeah. it's the real dog. Hopefully, people see the importance in that yeah. because I mean, everybody's talking. I don't want a hot dog. You never know what goes into that sucker. Blah 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 blah. But the same exact meat we're putting in our ground beef. Ground beef, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's that's I think that's what people want. Yeah. I mean, I know when I go to the store, I'm buying an all beef hot dog, whether it's Johnsonville or whatever it is. I hope it's all beef, but I'm gonna I'm gonna find the all beef hot yeah. dog just so I can make sure. It's an all beef hot dog, and we've come out with a price that everybody can afford it and enjoy it for yeah. the holidays. We're doing big ads for Memorial Day. Fourth of July and Labor Day. We want people to buy this hot dog. Yeah. Well, if you're in California and you know where Eel River hot dogs are for Memorial Day, go find some folks. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Clint, I think we'll cut it off right here. We've been doing a lot of interviews, but um, I'm sure I'll get you on again within the near future. I appreciate you coming on. Um, you've been a gracious host to us from United Harvest and me is just kind of a, along for the trek, you know, but... It's, it's gorgeous out here. I, re I really appreciate it. Yeah, we, we appreciate you guys taking the time to come here, and it was great to meet all you guys. It's always great, and once you, the relationship that builds, especially once you get to meet everybody. For sure. Um, and we look forward to continuing to work with, with all of you. Great. Time's limited, so you must listen carefully. Pretty neat, if you ask me, honestly. I mean, it's, it's pretty interesting when you think about Humboldt County in Northern California, coastal. Um, not a lot of people are thinking cows on a coastal area um, and what's interesting to me is that all the grass up here is or all the grass up there is organic because there is no market for any other feed I mean whether it be for the dairies for feed or for cows um, it's all certified organic which is pretty interesting I mean you don't really think about that being like a whole county is organic because there's no other market for it, but Humboldt County, there you go. It's the market's there for organic, so they just all go full bore into it. It's pretty cool. All right, guys, thanks for uh, holding out on me. Um, have more episodes out to you soon. I appreciate all your support, um, and I'll need more of it soon. So I always need it. All right, love you guys. Bye.